In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm back and I need to chat about contracts. Why not? We love a bit of the salary cap. You know, you guys um, always hear me talk about it, but I want to just look at, usually I'm talking about why you pay guys. And today I'm actually going to talk about why I don't think the Browns should hand out a major contract extension this off season. So I'm talking about extending players. So I'm talking guys on rookie deals, getting their second deal, and why it might not make sense for any of them to get a second deal. So we've got six guys who are going to be in the discussion, but we'll go through them each um, and just sort of chat about sort of where we're at, um, what, why it doesn't make sense. And it's not because they're bad players. I'm not saying any six are bad players. They're all good players. Um, so there's, there's, there's no doubt here. It's not talent why we're not wanting to extend guys. So first up, Number one overall pick is Baker Mayfield. Certainly the place to start. He's now got two years left in his deal because we gave him the fifth-year option. Um, so he's, he's got next year under contract as well as this year. And this one I was all for doing until Dak Prescott got paid. And the issue we had with Dak Prescott got, getting paid is... I'd written about it earlier in the off-season. I'd said, hey, I, th- I think we could get this done for about... 34 million, so above like the Goff, um, above the Wentz deal, um, above Kirk Cousins' deal. Um, I know it's old, but above Aaron Rodgers' deal. And then it would have been behind only Patrick Mahomes, Sean Watson, and Russell Wilson. I thought that's, that's a fair place to base the deal. The issue we've got is Dak got 40 million. And that deal just throws everything out of play. At cheapest, I think you're looking at Baker at 37.5 million. Um, but if I'm him, I'm probably asking for the 40 as well. Um, obviously, we've got two more deals to get done this offseason as well in the quarterback market, if they do get done. And that's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. So it's a really, really tricky one because obviously I'm excited and hope. Baker is the best end Baker can be. But at the same time, we don't know. We've seen the best of Baker. We've seen just average Baker in 2019. And obviously, there's reasons for that. Um, we all know the, the Freddie experiment was an absolute disaster. But do, would it be smart? If you're handing out a 40 million deal, do you want to see a little bit more? Do we want to see him hit the ground running? Because the issue is, if you hand that out, you're tied into him for the next three years, potentially. Because it depends how big and how it's structured. Obviously, you could get away with it. Yeah, being two and trading off with a load of dead cap as sort of the um, the Rams did with Goff and the Eagles did with Wentz. But I would say you've basically got three years of commitment, even if you get rid of him after two. And for me, I, I just want that one more year. Even if you do it mid-season, 
I'm not saying you have to wait. You could do it at the bye week um, during the season. But I'm not sure I'm ready to give 40. 34, yeah, I'll sign off on that. That's fine. I think it would have been a good move. 40 is just painful um, to set aside that much money. Um, I don't think I can... I, I don't see him as that sort of top five quarterback in the Patrick Mahomes to Sean Watson discussion. Um, and I, I just think that Dak Prescott deal makes it really, really tough. Um, and yeah, the cap's going up and lots of people will say this, but quite frankly, we're not expecting crazy, crazy jumps in the salary cap. The, the TV deals that happened this time, very similar to the TV deals that happened last time. And they only led to a gradual cap rise. We've got 182.5 million this year. We've got 203 million next year. We've got 225 million in 2023, and then 256 million in 2024. So we're not talking crazy, crazy money. We're talking about a 20 million rise over the next few years, uh, which is a, f- a fair increase. But obviously, we're expecting to be at 210 this year, uh, like 235 next year. So that's like 30 million still under where we're expecting to be because there's still money to get paid back from this COVID loss. Um, and that's what the um, NFL Players Association signed up to. Um, so I just don't think it's the right time. I've got no issue with if they want to go ahead and extend Baker because this front office is going to be tied to the outcome of Baker. Um, and it's going to be difficult if, if we don't, signing but then here's the other side of the equation if Baker has a really bad year I don't think it will happen but if it does happen Aaron Rodgers forces his way out probably not this season because I think he'll actually end up staying this season forces his way out next season because that's when I said when they drafted Jordan Love I said 2022 season Aaron Rodgers will play for a different team I expect that to be the Denver Broncos Um, even then because it just set up nicely. We know um, John Elway went out and he got Peyton Manning. But, say Baker bombs out. It, it just doesn't work. We're not, I'm, no need to get into the why. This team is absolutely loaded. And if you went sod it, let's go get Aaron Rodgers, because you haven't committed that money to Baker. The issue is, if you sign Baker and it just falls apart, for whatever reason, you can't then go and get an Aaron Rodgers because you've already tied all that money into Baker. So for me, I do want to make a long-term commitment to Baker. I was happy to do it at 34. 37 and a half, I think, is the cheapest you're going to get it. It wouldn't surprise me if he wants a flat 40. And for me, it's just too rich for my liking. So that's the reason why I'm out on Baker Mayfield. Had me at the start of the offseason, doesn't have me now. Next up, we've got outside corner Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward, Possibly one of the top five, top eight corners in the NFL when healthy. That is where the big, big issue comes in. He is going to cost an awful lot of money. Um, and it's just the health. Now we've got Greg Newsom. If Greg Newsom comes and balls out, awesome. We've got one corner. Obviously, you need more than one elite corner and you need lots of great corners. Then we get into a question of, hey, What's Greedy Williams going to become? I'm sceptical of whether Greedy will become the corner we all hoped Greedy would become. Um, just those injuries. He could turn into a good serviceable corner. 
I don't think he comes in as a uh, player that we go, oh, this is one we're going to build the team around um, sort of player. So I think on Greedy, he's not the guy, but I'm willing to wait a year on Denzel Ward. Let's see if we can get that fully healthy um, contract. The issue is we look at some of the other contracts um, that corners have signed and Xavier Howard in May 2019 signed a deal that was pretty much in par with everyone else. And he had missed 73% of his um, games in his first three seasons. Ward's actually played more than that. Ward's played 76%. So he's playing slightly more games than Xavier Howard, and that didn't stop Xavier Howard getting paid. And for that reason, I think that's what his agent's going to point to. And went, hey, Xavier Howard got paid. Denzel Ward should get paid. So... It's tough. I think you're looking at sort of a, a five-year, 90 million deal, 18 million a year. That that would put him under the likes of Jalen Ramsey, etc. But it's still going to be an expensive deal. It wouldn't surprise me though if, if he wants Stradavius White money. So I, I think that could easily be 19 million, and he might force that down to a four-year deal. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be 19, 20 million. So it's going to be expensive. Um, and just with those health questions. I'm happy to wait it out. Um, I like Denzel Ward, but I'm not running to the bank. And he was drafted fourth overall. It's a mistake that was made. If you're drafting a player fourth overall, he's expecting to be paid like elite. Even if he's just above average, he's expecting to get paid elite money because draft value has such a knock-on impact in the NFL. You you look at some players. If if some other dudes had had the career Jadavian Clowney had had, but they were drafted in the third round, we'd be paying him about two and a half million this year. He's getting paid a damn lot more than that. So um, it does really, really happen. And so for that reason, I've got no issue paying Denzel Ward long-term. Let, let's get a year out of him where we, we get a lot more health. Um, because if he's just going to be a 12, game, 12 out of 17 games a year corner, and that's before we get into the off-season, I'm happy to move on. Um, it's going to be tough because he's awesome when he's out there, but Quite frankly, if we've got Greg Newsom, let's just draft another corner next year. Draft a couple of corners next year um, and really, really go for it. So for that reason, I'm out on a Denzel Ward extension. Next up, we've got Nick Chubb. You know my feelings about running backs. Um, to be fair, when Sheldon Richardson got released, probably the best news for any player on the roster, that is, was for Nick Chubb because it frees up $12 million that they can spend. Um, it's probably going to cost $12 million. Um, to keep Nick Chubb. So it's one that, mm, will it happen? Who knows? It's, it's going to be one to keep an eye on. And as does this um, front office keep with that analytical trend or do they throw it out the window? So um, no, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on this. If you were going to play it really, really smart, one thing I would do is let the market set its price. Say, look, we want to keep you but we want to see what the market says your value is. So we're just going to give you a transition tag. And the transition tag says a player can go out there and sign for any team and then you can match it. So you get no compensation if you don't want to match it, um, but let the market set its value because we've seen um, the Green Bay Packers basically allowed Aaron Jones to test the market. The value was nothing that came back. Um, we saw. Melvin Gordon went out there, test the market, bombed. Um, 
on the is cost on the open market because teams are just worried about paying. So I think if they're willing to be really, really, really bold, I think that's the way you could go. Um, if you're going to pay them, it's basically two franchise tags and a little bit more with just some fluff on the back end. So they'll call it a four or five year deal with a silly number attached. But you've only got to look at how much cash does he get over the first two years? Because quite frankly, whoever the running back is that gets signed, they're not playing a third year um, in nearly every scenario. So that's one just to keep an eye on. Um, we'll see what happens. Projected franchise tag for next offseason for a running back is 12.5 million. So 12.5 million plus... 12.5 times 1.2 because you have to give an increase on the second tag. You're looking around 27.5 million over two years. So the cost for keeping uh, Nick Chubb. Personally, I would just keep rolling, um, sign some other players. Um, but it's one way, uh, let's see what happens. Um, I don't think anyone listens to this podcast and be surprised on my Nick Chubb takes. Um, next up, we've got White Teller. White Teller was phenomenal last year. Do I want to pay him that money? No. Um, the reason is, I just if I'm putting money into my O-line, I want it on my tackles. Um, and does it... Is he that elite, elite player? Is he one of the top three guards in the NFL? Because that's potentially what you might have to pay him um, just because he played at that level. So I want another year of sample. And if if Bill Callahan is good as we all think Bill Callahan is, he doesn't need studs because he has got one of the most naturally gifted offensive lines in the NFL. Is that why Bill Callahan looks amazing? We don't know yet. I think he is really good as a coach, but if he can't do it unless he has the best, most talented O-line in the NFL and one of the most expensive O-lines in the NFL, then maybe he's a little overrated. I lean on the side of, I think Bill Callahan's awesome, so we need, we need to give him good players. We can't just give him five undrafted free agents and expect him to work wonders. But I'm up for almost upgrading the, uh, upgrading the talent elsewhere on the roster by going cheaper on the O-line. Um, it's not cheaper, but less talented. It's just cheaper. Um, I, I think one of the, the wild ones, White Teller was number one. Antonio was number three. Number 11 guard last season, according to PFF, was Chris Hubbard. Could it be crazy? Offer Chris Hubbard, hey, we'll give you four million a year. Ask him to come in and replace Teller. Hey, I'm not saying I want to do it, but I could see it. Um, give Teller 12 million or give Hubbard four. You could probably then, if you wanted to do that, you could probably go and spend that money on a player like Nick Chubb for two years. Um, because we saved 12 million, not bringing Richardson back. We could save another, say, 8 million by going for Hubbard over Teller. That's, that's, that's most of Nick Chubb's salary right there. Um, just just spitballing some ideas. Um, if you want to keep Nick Chubb, that potentially going from Teller to Hubbard. Obviously, you could draft a guy instead. That, that's the dream. Maybe Hudson is the guy that fills in there. So want to keep an eye on. Njoku, you're either keeping Njoku or you're keeping um, Hooper. The issue with Njoku, yeah, his pass blocking got great. People on Brownsville will love to tell you that. But quite frankly, he caught like was it 19 balls during the entire regular season. That is not a tight end one that I'm paying lots of money to. That, that's just it. 
Um, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to break out. Um, and unless he does that, he moves on. I cannot see him staying here because um, I think he'll want to get paid. He's not going to take a one-year prove-it deal with the Browns because I wrote about it when Stefanski came in. You don't get the opportunity share as a tight end in this offense to go out and succeed. So it doesn't make sense him staying here past this season. If he's absolutely amazing, he breaks out, fine. We, we can just move Hooper on. If he is so much better than Hooper, we can cut bait with Hooper. It'll be a big dead cap figure, but that's because we've had him so cheap the last two years that it balances out. But we can just extend David Njoku. Next up, we've got a guy, Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison was really good, but do we need him? Is JOK potentially going to compete for that spot? Is, um, what's his name? Um, Fields going to be his backup. If that's the case, Ronnie Harrison's just last week signed with Drew Rosenhaus. That's a, that's a black mark against him from this front office. They don't want to work with that guy. He's, he's a nightmare. Um, he's, he's good at what he does for his clients. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a um, slate in Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus and his team are really, really good. And that's one of the reasons teams might be less hesitant to uh, sign him up. So he, he could easily be one that turns into a comp pick. They might go, hey, Ronnie, you can leave next year. Um, Davian Clowney, you can leave next year. Let, let's try to get some comp picks because this front office is going to chase those comp picks. You can do the same with Teller. Potentially, you could get yourself sort of a third, a fourth, and a fifth there. Um, nice position to be. Um, that, that's three extra draft picks. And for the way this team drafts and they can trade them back to future assets, we can get some really, really good players. So um, keep an eye on that as, uh, as a route to happen that Ronnie Harrison, Jadavion Clowney, and um, White Teller could all become comp picks. Um, so you wouldn't get the picks in the 2022 draft. They'd be 2023. But yeah, I, I, I could certainly see that. Can't see him hanging around. Um, they could pay him. They certainly could. Um, he fits the age profile. Um, he played well. It depends how they want to play it with DBs. Because obviously, if you're only playing John Johnson, Del Pitt's dirt cheap, then you could go there. I just can't see it happening this offseason. Um, same way with Njoku they're not going to play Njoku now because then that, they're saying hey we're going to let rid of, get rid of Hooper at the end of the season they're not going to pay Ronnie Harrison now but they could in a year's time go actually we do like him um, he's not elite we'll give him six, seven, eight million. but Ronnie Harrison's going to be an interesting one um, we'll know more once we see Woods' um, defence and how it shapes up um, because there's a few different routes they could go but We've got a really exciting new series starting tomorrow. Um, and I can't wait to bring that to you guys. We're going to be looking at all of the 53 players on the roster spots, not the players, but the roster spots, and really breaking down how it looks over the next three years. Um, there might be pauses in that series over the next 53 days. I think it actually comes down to 51 because we haven't doubled on the special teams, but we'll see how it plays out. But this is one where we're really going to go for it, go deep, chat about the long-term vision of the Browns, what Andrew Berry might do, what we might do. But um, no, thank you very much for uh, listening. Have an amazing Sunday, guys. And as always, go Browns.